right, we are back. I don't know what happened there. We we're having some technical difficulties, but we're back. This is Wednesday Night Live. I'm here with uh, my leaders of Steadfast as our young adult group, Raquel and Melina. And we were just diving into our favorite restaurants. We want to do an icebreaker to, to, I know some people may not know Raquel and Melina, but they're two amazing leaders in Steadfast in our group. I know one day they'll have some powerful ministries. And so, Melina, what is your favorite restaurant? I like Kagami Ramen in Camarillo. I think it's amazing. Um, I like to get the rice with salmon eggs. Some people might not like that, but it's really yummy. You mean like, is it caviar? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's <laughs> it's wish- these um, pink like salmon eggs oh it's super yummy all i'm thinking is finding nemo (laughs) (laughs) or nemo (laughs) sorry nemo (laughs) for me it changes from time to time i don't i used to have a favorite restaurant but they closed down Mm. because of health code violations um but it was really good. But right now, it's... Wait, which one was that? What, 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 <laughs> health code violation. It, it was so good. They had, like, this birria tostada there. <laughs> oh, so good. I forgot the name, but it was, in, it was in Old Town. It was, like, a bar and cantina and restaurant. On what street? On Ventura Boulevard. Okay. In... It was a near. It was near the gun store. <laughs> I forgot the name. I didn't know we but, had a place there. It wasn't Olas, was it? No, it was a Mexican place. Oh, okay. But right now it's Jen's Korean Barbecue in Oxford. Yeah. The collection. Uh, I went yesterday with some friends. Mm. I had pork, which I don't usually have, but it was <gasps> really good. <laughs> don't tell my dad. Yeah. that's amazing i love uh korean barbecue we were just uh that was actually one of the things during the the quarantine i was like you know what like i really want i really want to be able to sit down i don't know for those who haven't had korean barbecue you sit at the table they give you raw meat that you have to cook yourself raw veggies mm-hmm. and you know some people are like why would you pay money for that why would you pay money to cook your own food but something about you know they marinate the meat and you throw it on and you take it, it's so fresh, it's so good, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so there's a really good one in the collection, there's a good one in Simi Valley also. I think what is one thing that, um, for me, my go-to right now is Thai food. I've been loving Thai food. There's a, a place called Love and Eat off of Arneal next to Hector's yes. Tacos. Hector's Tacos is a good one also. Yes. But I don't know, I just like... I think after getting sick in Mexico, uh, for those I went on a Mexico mission trip, I've gone there many times and I haven't gone <laughs> sick. But these last mission trips, I'm like on a bad luck uh, spree. I keep on getting He's traumatized. Yeah. You looked so skinny when you came back. It was terrible being so <laughs> sick like that. I was, I've never been as sick um, as that. And I had literally like the best ceviche when I was down there, some awesome shrimp tacos, amazing things. And I couldn't eat Mexican food for a long time. And 
it's still, you know, that used to be like my number one go-to, but it's been kind of knocked down a few ones. I still love it, but I think it's been kind of knocked down a little bit by. It will never be the same. No. Maybe. I don't know. I'm still looking for it. And if, if anybody knows too, on Facebook, where to find good tamales. I've been in the pursuit of tamales since it is getting near that time of year for some Ooh. awesome tamales because there was a lady when I lived in Mexico there was a lady down there and she would sell them out of her house right it was just a small operation and I you know to be honest I never really liked tamales but people were saying hey you got to try this lady's tamales especially the cheese jalapeno and it just it rocked my world it was so good was, yeah your mouth is watering it's like yeah i know he liked it, yeah, it can't so good. <laughs> i still haven't had as good of a tamale and everyone says oh my grandma makes the best tamale or this person makes the best tamale i'm like i still haven't had one like that maybe they use a different maseca different flour uh different kind of corn down there who knows yeah it's sad but i just know how to like put them together i don't know how to prepare the mix I just I let my mom or my dad do their thing yeah it is it is a, a good thing so if anybody uh, who's on Facebook you can chime in you can let us know but uh, we're having steadfast on tonight because I wanted to um, I wanted to highlight maybe just what is going on or kind of the state of the youth right and I'm not an expert on this I'm not the answer guy either I don't know if there is a, a straightforward answer but I, I want to maybe do this live is kind of identify what's the problem and maybe some ways that we can help with this I mean our our generation has faced um, it's just been very interesting I was reading some Barna stats and I'm just going to do that real quick I don't want to get bogged down but for instance uh, the typical uh, age group from 15 to 20, 23 year old, uh, they spend an estimated 2,767 hours using uh, media each year. They're on their screen for that long. And I broke that down to a daily amount. That is actually 7.58 hours on their screen. That is a long time. That seems crazy. Um, even before the pandemic hit, uh, they were doing some studies, Barna Research and some others. Um, they found that uh, these generations have been dealing or battling with mental health issues more than the generations before. Uh, for instance, um, the age group from 18 to 35, 49% expressed anxiety over decisions and were afraid to fail. Over 3 in 10 said they felt sad or depressed. That's 39%. And 34% felt lonely and isolated from others. And so clearly anxiety, depression, loneliness are serious symptoms of a growing problem. There, that, is, that is huge. I mean, we kind of don't really, let me just explain this for a second because, and I, I, I want to bring it back to Raquel Molina. Like for instance, if you get injured, if you get in a car accident, what do you do? You go to the hospital, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you get physical therapy, you get your bone set, you get taken care of. But why don't you think that we deal with emotional or mental uh, issues that well? Like, why aren't those more serious in our mind? Mm. 
I think a lot of the time, um, especially depression more than anxiety, you don't really realize that you have a problem. You, um, like I've been depressed before, back when I was 13 and 14. I didn't know I was depressed. If If I had known it was an illness, I would have like told my parents like, hey, I'm sick, like take me to um, the mind doctor, basically a therapist. Mm -hmm. And I know that with depression, if you don't know what it is, it sneaks up on you. And it just kind of starts taking over and over and it just grows into this problem until like someone else sees it, but then you don't want to accept it. Mm -hmm. So I think what I'm trying to say is you don't realize it's a problem until you have a panic attack or someone tries to um like you try to commit suicide and then people are like oh yeah like so it's serious like it's not just like they're sad or they're just being emo or dramatic like it's it's life or death yeah well and then too I think do you have a safe outlet like Mm -hmm. if you try to talk to your family do they um ignore you are they trying to listen to you um and do you have friends that say, um, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's expand. Let's hang out. Or are your friends like, oh, well, let's change the subject because that's depressing. Like, who wants to deal with that? Hmm. So where's your safe outlet at? If you don't feel safe talking to someone, you'll be like, well, no one really cares. And if I talk, I'm going to be unheard. I'd rather not express myself in a vulnerable way. Like... I want to feel safe and with my emotions and I don't want to be torn down because I have all this stuff I want to like hard stuff I want to talk about but no one accepts me so why fear of rejection exactly fear of rejection that that's so right on that seems like it never even uh occurred to me that Maybe they, they don't they lack the necessary tools or I, I call it EQ, like emotional intelligence to like be able to because it takes a certain degree of emotional EQ, uh, emotional intelligence to be able to find what the problem is, why there is a problem and how to go about solving that issue. And you can almost see there's like so many cries for help or, think, you know, people are maybe venting on Facebook and whatnot, or I, I love what you're saying, Melina, how kind of like, I don't know if this is what you're saying, but that there's no really place for them to share with anyone, or maybe no one's even listening, right? <laughs> maybe they have a family and no one's really listening or paying attention, or their friends don't want to hear about it because it's depressing. And mm-hmm. so it seems like a lot of people resort to Facebook or to social media to vent those things, but is that really a good place to do that like is that do you do you think it's helpful or is it hurting I feel like it is helpful in a sense but it's not always good to have your Facebook or Instagram or whatever media you use as a diary because mm-hmm. I mean you can get as personal as you want but you can still feel not validated by it. 
if let's say you're wanting attention and you don't get that much likes or comments then you feel even worse about yourself like oh well no one cares yeah I just poured my soul out and Mm -hmm. everyone's like oh whatever yeah I think um I don't I've been to a therapist before and I didn't know um like how useful it actually is when you don't know how to manage whatever it is you're dealing with because they're like you don't realize until you go like they're actual professionals they're they're there to help well the good ones are there to help you and they know what they're doing like they probably know more than you (laughs) so just yeah so you're saying like maybe like getting some some professional help is it would be a major way of dealing with it because yeah we often kind of I think especially with emotional problems we think like hey I can deal with it myself right or I'm just going to you know maybe I'll just go away or I'll just ignore it but what you're saying is that what you're saying like hey like maybe getting a therapist is yeah just seek help from someone that you know knows more than you whether that's a therapist um like someone a family counselor either from church or from another church um even like christian grandparents they Mm -hmm. most of the time they love you (laughs) and they want the best for you Mm -hmm. and they have so much wisdom they've lived so many more years than you yeah just uh don't think that you know it all because you 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 don't Mm. it doesn't matter how smart you are yeah Totally yeah. agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard something good about like those struggling from depression and maybe they tried 10 things and it didn't work, but really there's like a hundred things that they could try and they haven't tried those things yet because oftentimes, you know, when you try stuff and I'm sure people do and maybe it doesn't work, maybe they get a counselor or maybe they take a medication and it doesn't work and they just give up and but there's possibly there's more things you can try and do to get out of that depression, anxiety, or uh, mm-hmm. loneliness, things like that. But those things are often so debilitating. And well, what I was researching through Barna was because, you know, this is a great opportunity for the church to reach people that are broken, that are hurting or dealing with mental illness. I think mental illness beca- became more on the radar when, um, I can't think of his name. It was, maybe it was Rick Warren, I believe. Was it Rick Warren who I think his son committed suicide? He had a, a son that was in mid-20s, and I think he committed suicide. And, mm-hmm. and so after that, there was a huge awareness for mental illness, even in the church. of so like, how do we deal with this problem? And we're seeing that with this generation, right? We're seeing that. But the problem is, is that with Gen Z and... Uh, millennials is that you know some of the things I was reading about you know like 59% say that the church isn't relevant to me personally or the faith and teachings I encounter at church seem rather shallow even um, research shows between 18 and 35 year olds really are dissatisfied with their church experiences and they're longing for their congregations to do more to fight injustice which is which is interesting as well and so it's like we're having this generation that are dealing with these problems internally, not only internal problems, but socially, like with social justice. And yet, like the church isn't even on the radar as far as providing a solution in their mind. Right. 
-hmm. it's pretty it's pretty crazy uh to think about that like that's that really makes me sad actually thinking about like wow like people are coming to church or experiencing it young people but they're not necessarily finding a, a safe place or finding an answer there or finding maybe meaningful connection or meaningful answer to that and I'm just kind of curious of, of both your experiences. I know both of you come from church backgrounds and possibly have even been hurt by the church. Maybe you want to talk about that or. You go first? No, you can go first. Um, well, I think when it comes to seeking community, mm-hmm. you have to recognize that it takes guts to join a friend group from church that's already been formed four years because you're basically no you're literally an outsider yeah so it's not to sound rough but it's kind of unrealistic to expect to be treated like you're the like you're their best friend and you've known them for years and I don't know I feel like we I I think when I was younger I would expect other Christians to just like make this parade like I have arrived therefore be rejoiced because I'm here when no that's not how life is like everyone is scared like especially when you're a teenager everyone is scared everyone is insecure about who they are so when it comes to being dissatisfied with the environment in the church if if you're a young Christian if you're a teenager that's a Christian like you are the church too. Um, you're a part of the environment. You're a big part of the environment. So if you want friends, be a friend. Like it's it sounds really basic, mm-hmm. but it is true. Like when I joined Steadfast, I was like, okay, like where where's the people my age? Like I went to church on Sundays and I liked it, but I was kind of like thinking, hmm, like I wonder if there's people that I can be like friends with, like go out with, like on the weekends. And like, I found it, I found you guys. Yeah. And it was, it took like, I was like, okay. I was dealing with a lot of anxiety during that period in my life. Like everything would give me a panic attack. So I was like, okay, like it's just people. <laughs> it's just people, it's fine, <laughs> don't freak out. Yeah. But yeah, it, it does take bravery to seek community if you're new to a church or to the church in general. Yeah, so just I, recognize that it's not going to be like given to you. Like here's a community, have fun. <laughs> well, here's a question is that, you know, I've heard something that most people now or the younger generations, they interact more with their friends on their phone than in person. So do you think that maybe like actually having to interact with a real human being in person is like way more like it actually takes it's going to take more effort than say adding a friend on social media or connecting with a friend on social media definitely I think um we all need that people connection um when I first started going to well my first day at journey um I had Sky come up to me and invite me to um, the group. And that's exactly what I was looking for. I was looking for um, a young adults group. I was looking for a church that 
um, was Holy Spirit filled and um, like true authentic people. Cause the church that I went to, like people would tell me, I love you. Um, but there was no contact during the week. It was just, we would see each other at church. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you love me, but how come you don't call me? How come you don't check up on me? Like, are we really friends? Are we really family? Like what's going on? Um, so I came to steadfast, very, um, brokenhearted and wanting love and acceptance and to be known, um, to have friends. Cause I was so, so lonely. Um, so I went to steadfast and I was awkward. I was, um, they, this group wasn't going to get rid of me, but I was like, I was trying to talk to people, try to like my best to um, interact, but it was so hard for me to um, open up. But thank God you guys stuck with me because um, I feel like as a flower, I blossomed because I started opening up and I started to um, show that I did have giftings from the Lord because I feel like I try to conceal that. And I was like, Mm -hmm. there's a wall between me and you, but um, the Lord definitely used you guys to um, break down my walls and um, to make it a safe place and to really communicate about the problems that we were actually going through. It wasn't, um, it was authentic, authentic communication. And we talked about real problems and, I felt like I could tell you guys my struggle without you guys like making me feel like I was a horrible sinner. Um, so instead of feeling condemnation, I felt love. That's kind of sad hearing that. I know there's a lot of people that have experienced that, right? Where, you know, everyone is nice to you on Sunday. They're smiling. Hey, how's it going? It's just kind of this, uh, you know, celebration, but then during the week when you feel lonely, when you feel sad or depressed, or maybe you try to reach out and everyone's busy or they're not available. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, is that even really a community? And, and I kind of feel that way. I feel like people nowadays, maybe this is part of the solution is that they need more than just an invitation to church. Yeah. You know, like people, honestly, they need more than an invitation to church. They actually need a real friend. And how do you, how, it, that is like two different things, right? Because it's easy just to invite someone to church, but it's a lot harder to, to put yourself out there and to uh, be their friend. Like you're saying, it was actually Sky um, who invited you to church. It's mm-hmm. actually a per, you know, like a person. <laughs> It was a real life person. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's just pretty crazy to hear that, you know, how, and I I wonder too, uh, is how many people come to church on Sunday and no one invites them to anything. You know, no one offers, you know, even an invitation to lunch or, Mm-hmm. You know, something something else right because i think they need more than just an invitation to church it's like hey like let's uh, get some coffee or hey let's you know why don't you join our community group or hey like you know why don't you you know get lunch with us or like they need that that friend i think 
I think that's what people are looking for, you know, that real, real authentic community of friends. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Like, I'm an extrovert. I don't know uh, how to do life without being surrounded by people. Like, the first week of quarantine, I was just there, like, alone with my roommate. But she was working, and I wasn't because... I, I used to work at a school and I felt like I was going to go crazy. Like I did, I did all my normal stuff, like devotional prayer, but everything else, it was like, okay, where's, I was so used to interacting with people at work. I would see lots of people because it's a, it's a university. So it's like thousands of people there. And then all of a sudden, it was like, okay, it's just doing your thoughts. Like, oh no. <laughs> but yeah, people, yeah, we're definitely created to be um, in communication and community with others. If we don't do that, then we're going to go crazy or get depressed or both. Mm. Yeah. Or just loneliness. I wonder how many people are, are dealing with that, you know, yeah. as we speak. It's just like super feeling alone, you know, like no one is interested or, or cares about them. I want to look at the scripture real quick. I I posted it in the chat. Maybe Dustin can, can do that. But it's just from Luke 15, 1 through 2. I can either read it or do you guys have it? You want to read it? Luke, Luke 15... Verse 1 through 2. Okay. This is from the NIV. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. One, going? Yeah, that's it. I want to break down this verse. Why do you think tax collectors and sinners would gather around Jesus. That just seems like, uh, that seems crazy to me. Like, you know, if, if Jesus is teaching morality, is he can, teaching truth? Like, why would they, why were they attracted to? Uh-oh, hopefully we didn't freeze here. Oh, I think we lost him. We will join him. Can you on the live? I think I think you came back. So, oh no! Let me just wait one moment. And see if they come back. Thank you. All right, I think you're breaking up a little bit, so. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or is it my my internet? Hopefully it's not mine. You're breaking up, too. Okay, maybe it's just the connection, so. Okay, cool. Yeah, like, why would they even want to be around Jesus? You ever thought about that? Yeah, my yeah i think i think it's your side is breaking up 
Oh, I can see Jeff really clear. Um, so it's mine. Yeah. Mm. I'll give it another minute. Uh oh. Okay. Is it back? They are back. Somewhat. I think you're back. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Awesome. But yeah, like, um, I guess, I guess, uh, to get to the thing, we're talking about why would tax collectors and sinners want to be around Jesus? Like, I don't see if it's just a strange thing to me, if you think about it. I think they probably felt like not judged. They felt accepted. They felt loved and, um, that their presence was actually wanted because I bet people were just like, oh, get away from me. Like, I don't want to be around you, tax collector. Like, all you do is bring me pain and suffering. Yeah, I think, when I think of Jesus, I think of, you know, the perfect image of God. Like, humanity was made in the image of God. But Jesus, he is God, and he was the perfect image of God. The He never... He was, yeah, like a perfect, he was a perfect human being. So they just saw this man and they were like, who is this? Like, they were so curious. And I think they stuck with him because everyone in society would reject them, but he never did. Mm-hmm. It's like almost as if the, it's is like the sins and the tax collectors, because the tax collectors were just their own category of sinners so here you have like this man you have like god himself with you whether you know it or not and he doesn't reject you he doesn't call you names like he still calls you out on your sin but he doesn't tell you get away from me you sinner mm-hmm. yeah that's just strange to me though like his, his message he didn't he didn't change his message, right? His message was very, is full of grace, but is also truthful, right? And hearing the truth hurts sometimes. And yet, like, uh, you just think about, like, th- this would be the last place. Why would they want to gather around and why would they want to be around him? And I actually kind of broke down, uh, you know, their, their complaint. The Pharisees would complain. They muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. But I looked at that word welcome, and one of the definitions of the word welcomes is, is like it means a high level personal involvement or interest, which mm-hmm. I was like, it goes back to that friendship thing. Like Jesus was actually interested in their life. He was involved in their lives. It wasn't just simply teaching them or talking at them or even ignoring them. It was like there was something about him that attracted that right because he was actually he actually cared and he and he wanted to get to know them and so unfortunately we it's just hard to it's hard to kind of see that sometimes through the words right like it's sometimes it's hard to maybe envision that or to because you know we weren't we're not we weren't there to be like to to see it you know and misinterpret it 
But I guess my question, our last question that we'll end with is how can we reach people who are maybe disillusioned or feel disconnected from the church? And we'll, we'll kind of close with that question. And for our evening, I just want to thank those who are, who've been joining with us in, in the, through all these technical difficulties, hopefully it's coming <laughs> through on your side. I think that we have to, um, well, the first thing that you have to do when you want to establish communication or relationship with someone is to listen. So maybe they have a reason to be disappointed in the church. Maybe they used to go to church when they were kids and they just didn't have a very positive experience. Maybe they experienced the division of a church maybe their pastor did something and the church disappeared maybe they weren't teaching um like biblically sound things at their church Mm -hmm. and they just decided no like i'm gonna leave so i guess just listen to why why they're why they don't want to go to church why they don't want to be even part of a christian friend group Mm -hmm. and then just go from there because they might just be waiting for you to be interested in why mm-hmm. that's really good it it can be more complicated than that but to me that's a start mm-hmm. yeah i i think that's a mixture of things like um asking god you know give me love for this person um mm-hmm. let me see them how you see them um, give me insight into what they're going through. So my heart is compassionate and, um, I definitely believe in prayer and I definitely believe that God speaks. And when we ask him for something, he will tell us. Um, and I feel like God has really gifted me in that. So it's, um, when I pray for someone, it's, he gives me, insight into what that person is going through or um just that love for that person to connect with them and I feel like because I've gone through struggles because I've um wanted love so badly um I can connect with people on that level of um deep hurt and um deep wanting of to be known and um I think definitely just be a real friend like Raquel said to actually listen like um let them speak it out um regardless if they're cussing regardless if um they're bashing their parents regardless if um they feel like the whole world is against them like be Jesus to that person and I know like we're human and we're flawed but God called us to love um to love one another and um I, I love our mission statement to love one person at a time because to do that is so impactful. It's um, it's definitely changed me and I know it's changed so many members of our church and just to um, be an authentic person, to speak the God honest truth, man, like that's so important. Like you don't like something, just say it or, you know, just just be real. 
this world needs someone to be authentic, to be mm -hmm. real, to be honest, to say it like it is in kind, loving words, you know, but I feel like that's respectful and that's honoring that person to be real with them. That's, I, at least that's my heart. Like, I feel like that's what we really need. That's what I really needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. I just, I, maybe it's, maybe it's, it is that simple, right? Where we just need to learn to be real again, be real with each other, to be honest again, to not try to be perfect, not try to pretend and to be really mm. good at listening, right? And listening to the dark, the dark side of what people have to say, right? There's a lot of, a lot of people are dealing with some, some big issues and they just need someone to listen to and they, they have a, so much of a heavy burden on them. Mm -hmm. um, uh, before closing, I just feel like there's someone that's going to be watching or they're either live or they're going to see this and maybe they're just behind their computer, behind a screen and they don't have friends, but this person is just thinking like, you know, should I try, should I put myself out there again? You know, should I try to, maybe go to church again, or even be, you know, attempt to like join a friend group or, you know, just like that, that it's like that there's this wall, you know, and I just pray for this person that they would have that courage, you know, to put themselves out there again, to try to love again and allow themselves to, to be accepted because a lot of people feel rejection and they don't feel accepted, whether from their family or society or other people, and so I just pray that this person would just have the courage to do that. I feel like there's so many people that they don't, they don't want to face rejection again. They don't want to do it again. And, and so also too, if, uh, if anyone knows if, or there, they are someone, you know, that is a young adult from 18 to 20 something, and you're looking for an awesome community. We have uh, this community at journey steadfast where we want to be real and honest and talk about real issues. We, we meet every Friday um, this week. I think we're going to post the location on Instagram. We have an, we have our Instagram, right? Yeah. What is Instagram? Is it hashtag? It's so it's at the little letter A at uh, JTC, like journey, the church JTC step fast. Okay. Like this. So if anyone is interested in, in joining this community, we're, on Instagram at JTC Steadfast. You can check us out. We're also there on Sunday. And does someone want to just close us in prayer before or before that? Is there any questions or anything on the I don't think on the any. chat? Um there are a few comments. My brother says hi. <laughs> Um, hey, what's up? Uh, Leah says, absolutely agree with you, Jeff Burnett. I found getting involved with, with the singles group has really helped me, has really helped fill some of the void. <laughs> My brother said a while ago, Amish is still frozen. <laughs> oh, no. And Chantal Cullison said about Jesus, and the sinners and the tax collectors that they were drawn to him for peace. Mm -hmm. Alicia asked a question. Oh. 
Tisha asks, why are you guys involved with young adults specifically? Ooh, good question. Um, oh, my bad. <laughs> um, I feel like the Lord put me here with um, the young adults group because I necessarily didn't um, ask for it. I felt like, um, yeah, the Lord definitely positioned me, but um, I love, I love young people. I love talking about the things that matter to me. Um, my passion is um, for hearts to become alive. Um, I felt like my heart was dead for so many years. Um, I felt like I was going through life as a zombie. Like mm. I was watching life pass me by. I had no passions. I had, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do career wise. I didn't care. Um, I didn't see I actually didn't see a future for myself, which sounds really weird, but that was just my reality. And so once God awakened me and snapped me out of um, this hole I was in, um, he showed me who I was. <laughs> he showed me um, that I was actually following the enemy and kind of having um partial relationship with Christ and he showed me I didn't have um, a real relationship with him um, so now I want everyone to be on fire for Christ because I felt like I was dead before and um, he revived me so I want everyone to have a great experience with um, who Christ really is and what he can do and the miracles that he has done in my life. I want others to experience that too. I want others to feel the love and satisfaction that I didn't know before, but now I know now. For me, um, I like to be there when people find out who they are and who they're supposed to be. Like, I just, like, even when I was a kid, I wanted to, like, I used to love helping my friends figure out what they wanted to be when they wanted to grow up. Even if, like, they didn't actually end up being, like, policemen or doctors. Um, like, I just liked being there when they realized, oh, yeah, I want to do that. So, um, young adults are... So when people are like in their young adult years is when they actually start becoming who they want to be, who they're meant to be. Um, so I like to be there and also just love learning and getting to know people. And yeah. And also I love teaching and this is a great outlet <laughs> for that gift and that skill to be, to just keep getting, um, I hope to keep getting better. Um, yeah. For those that don't know, Raquel has a teaching gift. It's quite amazing. Yeah. She has a lot of she has a lot <laughs> in that brain of hers, and and also too, Melina. People don't know, but she has a seer gift. She's very prophetic and can just see. And so she has she's has some amazing. If you need prayer, go to go to Melina. She's awesome. 
out of really seeing and praying what, and what scary, you need. Yeah. It is scary. Like she knows it's things. The that, Lord. Yeah, it's the, the spirit that works in her, but she's, you know, she's prayed for me and really helped me a lot. She, you know, pull things mm-hmm. off of me that in the spirit that shouldn't be there. And so, but I just want to thank those who are, um, who joined us for this evening. I know it's kind of more of a conversational style and trying to figure out like, cause this is a huge problem. Like how do we figure out what's going on with youth and, and also the solution, trying to figure out what are some possible solutions and how we can do that um, for the church. And I, I would say individually as well. And so I also um, pray that if you're struggling with mental health, that you should let someone know, you should talk mm-hmm. to someone you know and trust, you know, consider talking to a pastor or getting a therapist, not alone. There's a lot of people battling that and don't be hopeless with that because even a little bit of effort, just even trying can, can greatly improve that. But I just want to, mm-hmm. let's just close in prayer. I just want to pray for, um, mental health, the people that are, are really uh, battling that. And so, mm. Lord, I just pray for those who are watching this video or listening to it, that they would just have hope again, Lord, that they would begin to move in a direction where, um, like Melania was saying, that she just felt so purposeless. She felt even nihilistic, that nothing really mattered, that uh, I just pray for people today that they would just find the hope in, in Jesus, Lord, that they would get the help they need, that they would join a community of people. They would uh, reach out. They would do something, Lord, rather than just sit behind uh, a screen and continue to go in that downward spiral of depression or loneliness, Lord, because it is so debilitating. And so I just pray for a release of that or that the person uh, experiencing that. And so we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all for joining us. Amen. And uh, we'll see you again next Wednesday, I know, with a different, a different topic. And, and so, bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>